still don't be jealous, y'all. Yeah. What is that? Oh, is that a book? The, the novelization. Oh shit! That's a novelization of D two. Would you get that at the school book fair? Of course. Yes, yeah. that was like just a way like kid craft right there. This episode officially started. Welcome to 30 Year Old Teenagers Podcast. I'm Dolores P. Naperkowski, and here we have Joseph Q. Van Walos Jr., the fourth, right here. We have a, and, we, and we will be covering all things Mighty Ducks in a very special super episode. A uh, shout out to my very good friend. Jamarco Shaw, Icarus the Professional on SoundCloud for plugging us recently on his Facebook page. We're gonna get out of the nine to fives, buddy. Just Hold on a little longer. We have a very special treat tonight. We have Blake, the producer, the long-suffering producer and long-suffering boyfriend, who is here tonight on his very first episode with us. That's right. I'm the editor and producer and boyfriend of one Joey Banuelos, finally on the podcast. And from the Nimrod Horror Podcast, my other podcast, we're joined with Leo... Oh, oh, Tiny oh, oh. Iron Man represents. Oh shit! Uh, shit! I gotta bring his little ass in here too. Oh my god! <laughs> He's got Tiny Iron Man. <laughs> All right, let's get this episode officially started. Okay. But <laughs> well, we're talking about the Mighty Ducks, uh, one, two, and three, and also the brand new series, the Mighty Ducks. Game changers. Oh man, this podcast goes different than the one we normally do, George. Uh, This is a crossover event, huh? We're going to be talking about all things Mighty Ducks. Uh, First, uh, the Game Changers and how it relates to the other films in in the series. And also, apparently, Mighty Ducks D2, the novelization, which I'm very curious (laughs) to hear your (laughs) review on, Brosa. There is actually like a slight difference. This episode, the show's getting its first book report. Yeah. Wait, Joey can read? Uh, Toby can read. That was a surprise to me, too. Well, anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's start on this, y'all. So many re- reboots have come out that are incredibly depressing, and I love how good Game Changers is. It's just a great show. It's amazing. It's done really well. I, I think it's done... It's written well, it's directed well, and Bombay is the best part of that show. I love that his, like, chief skill now is Zamboni driving. Like, that's, like, my favorite thing, that he dreams of going to the Olympics not as a hockey player, but as a Zamboni <laughs> driver. Like, that's the big league. Like, you don't think it's, like, a real profession, but, like, there has that seems like a real thing. Like, I'm going to the Olympics. 
to drive the Zamboni, because that's important, right? Like, being able to, like, make sure the ice is clear and smooth so, like, nobody hurts themselves. Like, it's, you know, something you don't really think about, like an ice janitor. I mean, that's what a Zamboni driver is. Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a side note, everybody knows that I used to work at a uh, ice rink, I think. Yes. <laughs> yes, like, I've, I've driven, like, a um, Zamboni before, but I had a co-worker... Legit, this boy was like almost blackout drunk, and he drove that Zamboni to like Kroger to pick up another. Like, I don't remember guy. this. I don't remember this. And I've, no, I've no, never no, watched no. a single episode of this show sober, so it's like I I need a fucking drink to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And then we have producer Blake. Hi, everybody. Uh, I've, I've been the longtime producer and editor of this podcast, and it's fun to finally be on. Talk about probably my favorite movie as a kid. Uh, it's like this and Aladdin were like the two things constantly. And the new show is fucking awesome. Oh! <laughs> That's a particular question. Yeah. I, or? Uh, so. I think warped warp is a generous word to use. <laughs> at, at that point, yeah. Man, I had some good times there, some good memories. You just play hockey there, super drunk. Oh, oh, oh. Dolores, you you might remember this time. My first time actually getting like blackout drunk was during the ice rink days. So as I was working at the ice rink, I knew a person. I won't say their name. We used to drink quite a bit at this job. So one guy took the Zamboni out to uh, Kroger to pick up some more alcohol. He got like a 12 pack. He drove it. He's probably going to like maybe like, I mean, you'll do like maybe five miles an hour. But yeah. He made it back. That's like some Reno 911 shit. Well, <laughs> how far was the uh, place at? It was like about, about like a mile away. A mile away, driving at five miles an hour. <laughs> he was like pretty much trashed, so. And he's trashed, so he's swerving, so it takes him longer because he's going like this the entire time. I actually like worked at that Kroger later on. Remember the Kroger era. Yeah. Are you sure you didn't sell them the damn alcohol? <laughs> we were just playing hockey. Oh man. I love playing drunken ice hockey. Oh, the best. The best. Mm-hmm. I used to be like taking a shot, just taking a shot too. Like, oh, ooh, shot. Anyway, let's talk about the Mighty Ducks. So, I don't know if you guys, like, actually looked this up, but stats-wise, Adam Banks is the best Mighty Ducks player. I mean, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, yeah. But do you guys know the second one? Is it Charlie? It is not Charlie. I don't know. Who who else is, like, a power forward for them? Jesse? Or not Jesse. Um, it's a girl. Jesse's third. No. Connie is, like, fourth. 
There's no, there's no fucking way it's Carver Gee, right? Uh, yeah, Gee's like second, actually. Okay. Is he really? Okay, can we talk about how sad it is? The, the kid actor who played Goldberg apparently had a serious drug addiction. And that, that made me a little sad. Um, you know, he was on the streets for a while and he's been trying to clean up so that he can come back. He cleaned up, though. He cleaned up. Yeah, he, and he says he's been like yeah. a year, I think he said. Yeah. yeah. But, like that, yeah. Yeah, it's been hard because those child actors do not have, have it easy when things don't go quite right. Like, he's at our age and he looks like he's 65 years old. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like really old. Good luck to, like, Blake actually, like, uh, editing this. Can we talk about this weird, like, concept they invented in South Central L.A. street hood hockey? Where it's just, like, these gay, like, gangs of, like, urban youth, like, who have adopted hockey as their gang. And a little boy whose name is Russ, but was, like, a minute away from being named Do-Rag, is just, like, teaching them how to play the hockey on the street. You ain't never played hockey like this, boys. Let me tell you. He's a legend of bagger bands, but for a hockey. Oh, puck, man. And they love listening to, like, uh, tag team, you know? I love tag team, so yeah, I'm down. There's been no greater joy in my life recently that they're back. I mean, in a sprint car? Is it for sprints? T-Mobile. T-Mobile, that's what it, yeah, yeah. Chocolate vanilla, rocky road, scoop, there it is. Like, I'm like, yes, they're back, baby. Tag teams, right. But, okay, speaking of cuts, are like, aka Keenan. Did you guys know, he's the reason why uh, Jesse Hall is not in the third movie. Yes, they did not get along, and uh, they ended up, Jesse Hall's parents were very upset that they ended up taking him out of the movie, or the producers decided to go with Keenan. But yes, they didn't, they very much did not get along in the set of Mighty Ducks, and I felt really bad for that kid, because he was there for, like, the first two movies, and he's just gone. <sighs> Hot take here, y'all. <clears throat> I don't like Keenan Thompson. <gasps> Whoa. All that? SNL. Don't like him. You don't like Ooh, him? Ooh, man. Okay. That's like America's um, sweetheart. Uh, <laughs> right. Talk about the first Mighty Ducks film, which came out in, was it 1993? It was ninety two. It was it was ninety two. So like that movie has a very special place in my heart for multi reasons. I love it. It's a great film, but that's also the movie that made me love hockey. The day after renting it, I started to watch NHL playoffs, which that year was like nineteen ninety four went into what is arguably still, to this day, the best Stanley Cup playoffs ever. The 94 run of the New York Rangers. I got to see my favorite player. Ave Burry, yeah. Yeah, his brother married to Candace uh, Cameron Burr. You know, so, spoiler alert, she married one of the Burr brothers, so. <laughs> yeah, this is the movie that got me 
into hockey, and I just love it. Um, I remember us renting this and watching it at my cousin's house, where they had the movie, which is a big deal. Like, they just, like, had the VHS copy of it, and we just, like, watch it. Watch it somewhere. So we, so we'd watch it all the time. And, um, that, you know, cause we had like maybe one or two VHS tapes growing up. And when my cousins had like an extra movie, it was just like, okay, we're going to watch this is like anytime we come over. So, um, such a, such a great film, uh, concepts that I really wish they brought this up in Game Changers. But of course, I think. They didn't know at the time how big a movie this would be, um, Coach Bombay's alcoholism, and that he was driving drunk. And they bring that up, like, first thing in the film, like, that he has a DUI and has to have a driver. And I... This music was a little uh, loud. What I want to say about the first movie and, like, why anybody cares is it took a sports formula that at this point we had seen... Because yeah. this is basically this is basically Rudy. This is Hoosiers. Uh, there's a couple right. other artists. Yeah, yeah. Any this is like the first time I think it was done with kids. I can't remember a kid's sports. This is a year before the Sandlot. Fighting Bears. Okay, from like okay, so it hadn't been done in twenty years. Jackie Early Haley was like eight when that movie was made, and now look at him. Yep, he was like the worst Freddy Krueger ever. He is. Oh, the worst. We'll save that for your podcast. Okay. Your other podcast. <laughs> um, and then the thing I like about it, like, it doesn't shy away from some of the, your hero ha- starts this thing off hating kids with a DUI. And uh, it deals with, like, these kids suck and, like, a parental figure just, like, totally giving up at first. How do I reach these kids? I read <laughs> and like he teaches them to cheat. Like he's like, oh he yeah, thick dives and stuff. Well, he's teaching them how to cheat the system that doesn't work in their favor. Because these are kids who, without somebody like Coach Pompey, they're not going to college. They're not going to be able to access a better life. But he's able to work the system, getting um, Adam Banks on their team to ensure that you kids are going to be able to get college scholarships. You kids are going to be able to get into your sport and have like a launch pad, like as you see in D3, getting into private school and eventually maybe getting better than you are, which is highlighted by the parents of Jesse who are like, you know, this is a lot of money for us. I don't know if this is a natural fact or like anything, but I feel like Connie Maybe one of the most important female hockey players of like all the time. But mm-hmm. I think that maybe she inco- like encouraged like young girls like go out there and play like you know hockey. Uh, I know she's not like an actual hockey player, but that she influenced a lot of female hockey players because like currently. Uh, women's hockey is like growing quite a bit. We have two leagues, professional leagues, and it seems like all of the top players low like Connie. Uh, and yeah, she's, she's just a good role model. In and D1, the- you notice yeah. that all the kids have like found gear. Like some of them are literally wearing magazines for pads. Yeah. I think yeah. my favorite thing is Connie, if you notice, she's wearing 
Obviously, she used to be some kind of, uh, what do they call that, equestrian sports? Yeah, yeah. She's wearing riding crops and equestrian helmets for her hockey yeah. gear. So she used to be, a, a, I think it's a nice little detail that she's like yeah. a, one of those weird horse girls. Yeah. <laughs> and like that was her equipment she had. Yeah. Uh, before they get their real stuff. And I think that's like a really nice touch. Yeah. The, um, like kids are wearing bicycle helmets out there and stuff. Uh, they, they look like a Mad Max gang another, at the start of this movie. That's really, uh, another good Easter egg is that at, they refer to Adam Banks as a cake eater, which I thought was a slur for gay men. And then I looked it up, and it's apparently, like, for rich boys. And yeah. in, in Game Changers, you see that Coach Pompey's current diet is nothing but leftover birthday cake from children's birthday parties. He's become the cake eater. Yeah, he is, is, there is some intentionally, like, or accidentally good writing, like, really fabulous oh, connections in writing between Game Changers and Mighty Duck. I wanted to talk a lot about Charlie's relationship with Coach Bombay and how I feel... Charlie was betrayed. He literally got close to Coach Bombay, and Coach Bombay is like, like gave him the impression, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm here for good, kid. I'm here. And you see in Game Changers episode six, which is the big reunion episode, Charlie Conway doesn't come because apparently Coach Bombay ghosted all of the ducks, including Charlie. Well, let's be honest. It's really based on the fact that Joshua Jackson didn't want to do the episode. It's basically canon now that Coach Bombay abandoned a boy that he casually adopted as almost his son, or at least friend. Charlie and, like, Bombay, uh, they did have a close relationship, obviously. Can we all say Charlie was a bit whiny? Oh, yeah, they all were a little whiny, so... Charlie that was whiny. Yeah. That's why yeah, he was he a coach. That's cool. Jason was like, okay. Did you know he wasn't the first choice for Charlie Conway? Oh, no. I did not know that. Yes. Joshua Jackson was not. It was Jake Gyllenhaal. What? They were, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal turned down this film to, to play Charlie Conway. But are you sure? Because nobody in this movie besides Keenan is the only famous one. <laughs> you know? Wait. Joshua Jackson was on Joshua Street. Famous, yeah. To this day, who's famous? Like, like Connie was in the greatest vampire movie of like all time. Which is? Uh, Vampire Uh, Suck. Queen of the Damned. Oh, is she really? I'm a giant Wet Hot American Summer fan. She's in that. That's crazy to me that you told me that Guy has the second most points because I've always felt that he's only doing the whole sport to be next to Connie. I mean, he probably is, but yeah, like he he doesn't even seem like in the second one when the kids show up to recruit him, he doesn't even seem all that interested until Connie's like, "All right, I guess I'm doing it," and he's like, "All right, <laughs> I'm back." A love story that occurs. mostly off screen, 90%. Like, it's a love story. You don't get to, like, you just, you just, like, like, even in Game Change, like, yeah, we got married. We've been together ever since. And it's, like, I feel like there's an entire universe where you've got, like, a teen drama of Guy and Connie. Yeah, we're in the universe where we're unlucky enough to see this beautiful 
relationship fleshed out on screen, like One Tree Hill with hockey. Like that's what Connie and Gee would have been like. He was her Nathan to her Haley. This wonderful thing. I want to know what happened to uh, a Fulton Reed that he became a subcontractor. I work in construction, <laughs> and I'm like, I know I mean, he probably, he's hard headed, so. He probably went to federal prison at one point, and that's the only job he can get as a subcontractor. I guess we might touch that episode now when, like, the old ducks meet up. Oh, my God. It brought a tear to my eye. I was kind of happy that, like, none of the older ducks became, like, professional NHL players or, like, like coaches or like anything they they as like regular jobs, you know. Which I love. I know Adam Banks was, you know, the best player. He's messed out because like I did not recognize Adam Banks at all when I first saw him up he, here. He looks a little rough around the edges. Mm-hmm. And like Bombay's story is crazy. He was like in his late thirties, basically forty, playing the whatever like. College hockey about to go to No, no, NHL. he was playing the minor leagues. He was playing for Dallas. Well the minor leagues when Dallas didn't have a team. Well no, it was no. the Minnesota Stars that became the Dallas Stars. No, no, no. You guys are both wrong. What? But like kinda right. He was in the minor league with Minnesota, Minnesota Gophers. Uh he was going to go to the NHL, which is weird. There's no NHL team that would draft a person in their late thirties. I mean, they they write in that one line of dialogue where he's like, "I must be crazy trying to play hockey at twenty eight And I'm like, "You're a real hard twenty eight, Emilio Estevez. Yeah, that's like the hardest twenty eight I've ever seen. Yeah, but I mean, he was an alcoholic uh, and like, um, but he was like a young. He was a, a really successful young lawyer. Like that was like the gist of it. That he just like. Emotionally underdeveloped, super successful wonderkin, you know? Yeah. Him getting off that fucking bus with a busted knee, and he apparently had torpedoed yet another relationship, and Charlie was like, like, and uh, the ice, the ice sharpener man were his only friends left in the world, like, you know? And we talk about how his mom just, Let's run around with older father figures. Just all right, Charlie. Bye bye. Like you just never see her again. She just randomly picked up some dude and married him. Uh, however long half a minor league hockey season is, she met a guy and married him. Like she was yeah. sick of dudes leaving. Like just yeah. tired of it. She's like, we're getting married. I'm not gonna have you running off to pursue a hockey dream on me. I like to believe that like <laughs> she ended up. Like dating the, the coach of some other kids' sports movie. Oh like God. she ended up with Al Bundy from The Little Giants. <laughs> <or something. laughs> That's fucked up. <laughs> so in the the Game Changers series, Bombay is basically like a broke guy. Why does he? Why does he not go back to just doing law? Pride. No, it's pride. Hey, uh, and also honor to Hans. One thing he actually said to to Joshua Jackson's character, all right, what what he what he told him, like when he came back from the country. He says goodbye, Charlie, and immediately dies. 
Goodbye, well, he Charlie. Gave, he gave him a story. He gave him a story. I think in some states, if you get a felon, most states, if you get a felony conviction, and if you had a felony DUI, he would no longer, he would be disbarred. Minnesota does not have that. And Amplis, Ducksworth was like, hey, the plea deal. You okay, boy? You okay? You mean like... But didn't he walk out of Ducksworth's office, though, and just quit? And then that may have negated the plea deal, and maybe then he was not able to practice law anymore. It's the very last episode of Game Changers. He says, he makes a comment, and and Morgan Graham says, like, yeah, I always forget you're a lawyer. You think it would have come up in the drunken confession thing that he does with uh, Evil Coach? Oh, is... One thing I gotta say is, I actually watched D2 before I actually watched Mighty Ducks. Like, the weird thing about, like, D2 also, like, is a title that it rips off T2. Yeah. And... Talk to me about the Flying V. What do you think about the Flying V, Joseph? Like, Okay. That move oh, there. Okay. Yeah. So, as a fan of these films, I love the Flying B. Um, and I love it. It's in the third movie where they actually broke up the Flying B because, yeah, it's a stupid thing. It would, it will not work in a, an actual game, but I've always wanted to see it actually happen in an initial game. And I've always thought, especially back when like the Ducks were owned by Disney, if if you're ever up like five to zero in a game, just do that shit. Just like do the flying V. Why not? <laughs> like, what are you doing with your life? You know these like random coaches. Just like do that. They always act surprised. Like the other teams are like, why me? Oh boy. Yeah. Like they And they were they loving were, it though. They were like, right. oh my god, they're actually Wait, doing it. Actually I have a question for everybody here. Okay. If you had the opportunity to actually play off the flying V, how would you coach it? The game's tied. You're in the Disney movie, by the way. You're gonna call for the flying V. What are you gonna do? Or what are you gonna say? Okay. Bring it in, guys. All right. Charlie, I need you to, like, leave this. The Flying V. And Jesse's going to be like, the Too Flying much, bro. I, Okay. We need real quick coach. We need real quick coach talking. Yeah. And- let, let me hit you with this. Okay. You the Flying V, but you have the point at the top. And then everybody comes, so like an upside down V, right? As, as opposed to okay. a, a point man in the front. And then you have everybody put their jerseys on backwards. <laughs> oh. They don't, they, they don't know which way you're going, man. I actually took it the wrong way when he said it comes backwards on the V. I'm like, man, that's a flying book. Flying vagina. Flying vagina. Flying vagina. It's the dumbest thing ever. Okay, D2, oh my god. They had this weird three teacher who was sitting there giving them a class outside. Like, you might say 
that the founding fathers were a lot like you. And you had Fulton Reed being like, wow. Yeah. Like, were they like, like uh, teenagers? Just like us? And yeah. he's like, wow, teacher lady and possible love interest for the coach. Do you think that we U.S. was always the most, like, winning country? And she's like, not quite, Fulton. There's so many weird, like, they have all these kids who play to their stereotypes, and it bothers me that they just can't exist as humans without a Spanish guitar or whoop, there it is being played in the background. Like, yeah. it's, like, it's very heavily emphasized, like... We're getting stuck on D2 a lot. But I, yeah. I think we need to... There's one thing we haven't addressed yet that I think we need to talk about. D3. We're, no, D2. On this podcast right now are three and a half Texans. All right? Like, I wasn't born here, but I got here as soon as I could. Yeah. That's me. Dwayne Robertson, the only Texas player from Dallas. Oh, my God. How, how, is, how do we feel about the one and only Texas person in this, this movie series? I mean, I was 10 when I first saw this film and I was, no, I I didn't like it. Oh, really? I really did not like this last, because I I grew up in Southwest Houston. I kind of like the use of like Yoakum in like the soundtrack. Like I said, I'm from the Midwest. Like uh, country music wasn't invented until 1992 when Garth Brooks wrote it. (laughs) Growing up in Southwest Houston, where there was never nary a horse in sight, was insulting because, like, it's just not like representative of like all Texas. And it's like, maybe it's like, why did he carry a lasso with him wherever he went? It was just ridiculous. Because he also sounded like this little lady. Yeah. (laughs) And he was, he was like almost the romantic arrival for Gee. Like he showed him flirting with Connie. Yes, he was flirting with Connie. He rescued her with glasses. Like, Connie was not having that. Connie was in, like I, in the in the teen drama that does not exist on our current universe. Has other, Joey actually mentioned this to you? What I am actually against teen dramas. <laughs> I am like the dark side of this universe right yeah. now. They, there is a moment in D3 that I cannot end this podcast without talking about. Sanchez, a pervert, he is going under the cafeteria tables and looking up girls' skirts. Oh boy. Like it was like Porky's. Like that, that's where that, like. What's crazy too is like he looks straight into the camera and he's like, ah. 90s. Kids' movies were—they—they they had these weird sexual things that would just happen. Going back to uh, D two, it's interesting that I like Coach Jen talking about D two so much, but okay. it's a really heavy movie when you look at kind of this weird symbolism. So Coach Bombay gets seduced by corporatism. He very easily sees the dollar signs flashing. And he gets sucked in and by the Hendrick Athletic Company, which, again, is amazing writing on Game Changers' part. The Hendrick's Athletics shows up again. And the moment that he 
that he chooses to side with Hendrix is in the Mighty Ducks universe is when the Ducks become less about these kids having a good time and developing a good skill that'll get them to college turns into a money-making machine. And that is the moment. And they change uniforms to their flashy new logo, and which remains their logo until Game Changers. And I feel like it is, I have thought about this a lot, and I think it is a metaphor for how in the late 90s to straight up through the early to mid-2000s, Disney was churning out movie after movie after movie on VHS, just like low-budget projects to make uh, rent dollars and rental features. And in Game Changers, when they go back to their original uniform, it is Disney's kind of homecoming of, like, we make quality production now. We're done making this, like, crap just for your, you know, five-year-olds to watch on TV. We're making really good quality content now versus 101 Dalmatians 2 and 3 and 4 and 5. And... uh, I, I have to kind of. So that time period was different. Um, you know, I, I, I know there was a lot of like car companies that also did this. You know, um, Charles Band, you know you? Yeah. Of me, some like Charles Band. He what, what did Tourist Trap Family. Which one? All right. Tourist Trap? I see. Oh. It's so great. It's great. You got to watch it. You should definitely do it. It's like Charles Band's top five movies. He had a contract with like uh, you know, um Blockbuster and he would do direct to video films. And and like Disney saw that opportunity also because like back in the early nineties they weren't the powerhouse that Disney is now. I remember like, when the Mighty Doug show came out. Disney oh, came out with a nice show. That show was so show. bad. That show is so bad. Oh. I never I, I watched it, so. <laughs> I tried oh. to watch it the other day. Oh, God. Talk about it the is, TV show. It is what it is. He would is. I feel like it was good. I feel like, good. like last week, I got stoned and put it on, and it, it like, killed my high. Uh, like, it's... <laughs> The the only thing I can say about it, the the only positive I really have is it's voice acting royalty. Like, yes, uh, yes, yes. Tim Curry's in it by by far. You know the the biggest star. He's the main villain. So Brad Garrett, who obviously went on to huge things, mm-hmm. and is uh, everybody loves Raymond. Uh, all the Pixar movies is in it. Uh, Clancy Brown, who's uh, He's been in a ton of movies, but he's probably most famous for being Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh. Frank Welker, Optimus Prime. Scooby-Doo. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jim yeah. Cummings, who's yeah. Winnie the Pooh, is on that show. Rob Paulson of Pinky and the Brain fame. Uh, David Hyde Pierce from Frasier. He's also Abe Sapien from the Hellboy movies. I don't want to talk about him, but Jim Belushi's in it. Jeff Bennett uh, is... Uh, he is Dexter's dad on Dexter's Laboratory. He was... He's Johnny Bravo. There you go. Was the product of a lot of bad focus groups. Like, what do you kids like? Well, I really like Darkwing Duck. Okay. And I really like space, and I love the Ninja Turtles. Okay. And I, I love X-Men. 
because I love the X-Men. It's like, okay, can you put all that together? And they're all like, yeah, they travel through time and space. It's like, okay, well, we can do that for you. Okay, we'll do it. And then it's like, okay. And so they made this show about these ducks were space aliens that traveled through time and space, but were also excluded from, like, human activities and discriminated against, like, the X-Men. Like, it was just a bizarre take on the Mighty Ducks. When I was a child of 10 and that show came out, I was really annoyed. I was like, ooh, a Mighty Ducks TV show. So I turned on, like, this is not the Mighty Ducks. This is actual ducks from outer space. It makes no sense. Because they're on the heels of Gargoyles, which is a very successful, like, interesting show. And I was, like, really hyped about a Mighty Ducks, like, cartoon. This this monstrosity comes out, like, this put everything into a machine and this is what they just said kids are gonna love this it lasted 13 episodes which most cartoons it's like 22 yeah anyway hey, let's, let's get back to mighty ducks my name is Durag, and i'm gonna teach you how i play hockey on the streets because as i have not been referenced in okay. song i'm black oh let's talk about d2 also okay there is no way that that no punk ending shot would have counted in any legal way. Uh, let's talk a little bit about D three, um, so we can move a uh, move it. Um, move There's it only forward. one thing I want to say about D three. Can we talk about Cripple Daughter? <laughs> <laughs> you mean differently able? No, no, because <laughs> there she doesn't even get a name. They they never give her a name. They're just like, that's his daughter. And he's pushing her on a wheelchair on the ice. He's just been an asshole for 90 minutes of this movie. And then they're going to be like, oh, he has a daughter in a wheelchair. And they're like, oh, we love him now. And it's just like, no, you know, uh, apparently she got in that wheelchair because he was driving a car and they got in an accident. He's probably being an asshole on the road, too. It bothers me that every time the kids are asked to actually practice hockey and per- learn the sport correctly, they get really upset. They call Coach Bombay Coach Blood. I don't like, like like the third movie. I'll be honest. I don't like that movie really. No, it's really bad. It's really bad. But they also, when the coach of the private school that some, and I can't tell if it's a boarding school or a regular school, because all those kids had to move to Minnesota to be at this private school, right? It's a private and school, yeah. the coach is like, okay, we're going to learn to play hockey. This is hard work. They are just get so mad. I'm like, this is like what you asked for was to go to a private school on a yeah. hockey scholarship. Why are you acting this way? You're being yeah. asked to do what you came to the school to do. Yes, exactly. That's that's one of my biggest issues with that movie, and also Charlie because Charlie's really annoying in that yeah, movie. Yeah, so bad. He's like. Come on, Bombay, you gotta coach us. Why are you leaving us? Like, oh. <laughs> Tilt to par, bro. Tilt to par. I'm like it the best, like, Charlie Conway impersonation. <laughs> I just, 
I just love these movies. It's all over the magic of friendship is what wins the championships. It's like That's not hard. Awesome. It's not, they don't work hard. They barely practice. But when they become best friends, eggs, eggs as pucks, you know, it works. They just, they wore blinds, blind folds and bumped into each other on the ice and game changed. Poor Alex. Let's talk a little bit about Alex. She is my hero. I love, she's basically Lorelai Gilmore after an accidental pregnancy that wasn't Lorelai. Yeah, she is like 100% the same character. You said poor Alex? Like, why? Why is she poor Alex? She's no. pretty fortunate Alex. <laughs> pretty fortunate Alex. I love her dynamic with Stephanie, who is the Duck's mom, who is like the like basically the lawyer she worked for as a paralegal. Right. They were definitely hooking up. Definitely. Towards, towards the end, they had better chemistry than her in Bombay. Yeah, and I think oh, the writer yeah. did it on purpose because they wanted to get away from... Bombay seemed to have a thing for single moms. He seemed to oh. very much just... He loves like, the single moms. Oh, yes. Just like, I, I got you, girl. They you lamp- that, obviously, so I'm getting that, too. They lampshaded that with the evil coach of the New Ducks, who was all like, look, I know a thing or two about the single moms that I've dated plenty of them. Yeah. And which is a great throwaway line. And <laughs> Coach Bob, I think the reason they don't really, like, highlight a romance between Bombay and Alex is because they don't want it to be him abandoning Charlie Conway all over again. Like, hey, I'm done with your mom, deuces, kid. I'm moving on to the next train. Choo-choo. Bye-bye. <laughs> and right. it's like, well, I thought we were best friends. Uh, I was a best friends with your mom, if you know what I'm saying. And, like, gets on the bus and <laughs> flying these away to the next place. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Bombay, why'd you leave? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I got what I wanted as a situation. All right, so, so like, this has gone all out the way. I'm going to jump in and ask the question. Okay. Everybody, what episode was the most tight for you guys? Oh, episode 10. Episode yeah. 10. Got me crying. Oh, oh, my oh, God. You send me a picture, by the way, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you can actually send me a picture. <laughs> we were. He was trying to spoil shit for us while we were trying to watch. I was at a bar. I had already told you I had not watched these episodes yet. Like I didn't see anything though. Also, I was like, OMG, I am crying right now. Joey. Yeah. Who is this picture like? You know what's another one? Episode was it seven or no six? That's the one that had me like that. Oh, yeah. I was, like, tearing up so much. Yeah. The reunion? Yeah. I was, like, I was in tears. When they came out with the uh, with the old school jerseys, I was like, <laughs> I did that number, but I was like, <laughs> like. Can I say something really, really quick? Okay. Kenny Wu was cool, whatever, but Kenny Wu was never 
a District 5 duck. Yes. Why was he in that reunion episode, and why did he have a District 5 duck's jersey? Because, I guess, because he was, okay, he was that kid, like, you know, from high school who always is messaging and trying to get a reunion going. And, like, he's like, hey, ducks, you guys. And he's like, yeah, remember we played the Goodwill games. I assume after coming to China and playing for the USA team, he was probably, like, barred from ever returning. (laughs) And so, like, that's his only family. (laughs) So they're just like, give give him the jersey. Just give him the (laughs) jersey. This is all he has. Can you imagine being the one don't bother kid stuck with Kenny Wu's, uh, either his uh, Team America jersey or the jersey you're wearing, and like all the other kids have the old school one. You're like, I got Kitty's jersey. <laughs> you just got to be the one odd man out with the, the USA jersey, the red and blue. Somebody can say this. I had his championship jersey. That's true. They brought in, like, five or six oh. ringers from around the country to help bring the Ducks to victory. Plus, like, no, like, okay, it makes no sense for you to have the best USA players, 80% of them based on a one Minnesota peewee hockey team. That just doesn't happen. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Like, why do you have these players who who cannot stop when they're skating? You're not like one of the best. Then you clearly no. will not make Team it's, USA. Then okay, I'll, let me backtrack because they were, USA players. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, y'all. Why no, was Bo Murray his starting goalie? Hey, hold on. He's not a good goalie. My ducks too. Why is Charlie's mom not back? They introduced the school teacher lady to be like the new romance. But yeah. either if the actress wouldn't come back, you could easily replace her. She wasn't like an essential actress. You have any cute blonde actress and you're good to go. I think it would have even been better if she had a chaperone and they had just broken up and now they have to, like, work together. Oh, like, that's classic Disney I think shit. It was, uh, it's like, Charlie I Sheep. hate you, I hate you, and now we're in love. Like, that's Disney's whole jam. I want to tell you that all of Coach Pompey's love interest was all a case of the not a child molester. Like, the whole reason that they have any love Charlie interest is because, is because they don't want... Coach Bombay to be known as a scene of the diddler. Like, he seemed to be like hanging out with all those young boys, but never had a girlfriend. Kind of interesting, don't you think? And so, like, hey, look, he's dating this lady right here, and she loves America. And D2. And so, they were basically giving him a case of the not diddlers. They always picked a love interest that was age appropriate. Speaking of that, as we do on this show, when you are, I think it's appropriate to say, Fuck Mary Kill. Let's do it, y'all. What does that mean? It's a pretty simple, like, easy game. We give you three choices. One person to fuck, one person to marry, like, you know, spend your rest of your life with, and one person to actually murder. The Bombay Girls. We got Charlie's mom. We got Evan's mom, Alex. And then Iceland Girl. Maria, 
the Iceland girl, she's she's red hot, man. She got no butt, but uh, flat the way down. But that was what was hot in the nineties. Yeah. She she got nineties butt. I'd kill Charlie's mom. <laughs> you don't exist for any particular reason. I would f Alex, and then I'd marry Iceland girl because then I could f her all the time. Or wow. one, because then if I married Iceland girl, I would be able to engage. In lovemaking with her all the time, so why not? I wanted to mix it up because I know y'all are all gonna be all like, "If Iceland girl, I will marry Alex." Uh, yeah, I'll take Alex. Yeah. Alex. To yeah. marry her, marry her, and that's it's it. One night thing, or you want to make it forever? Same thing. I kill Iceland girl. Yes. Thank you. Me and Leo love America. <laughs> she's like the hottest one. You think she's going to let you wreck that body? No, she doesn't do nothing <laughs> in bed. Charlie's mom goes I think she's all like the way. hottest one. <laughs> Charlie's mom, no condom. <laughs> Fuck Charlie's mom. Oh, yeah, very... oh gross. Then kill the Icelandic lady. Uh, and oh, then I'm marrying Alex. And you know why? Because if you're out on the road, feeling lonely and so cold, all you have to do is call my name and I'll be there on the next train where you lead. I will follow you anywhere that you tell me to. Anyway, those are going to be my wedding vows to Alex. Me and Leo would like to apologize for loving America, but yeah, if you want to, if you want to sleep with Iceland, yeah, you know the dentist is going to watch the whole time. He's going to be smoking a cigarette in the corner, man. Like, I love that wolf. The dentist. That's probably joke. probably. But I like, you know what, I switched mine because Alex, like, Charlie's mom has no boundaries. She just lets any dude just, like, go in her. Like, that's what I'm saying. That's how she had Charlie. Like, just, you know. I don't even know. <laughs> I got, she has no goalie. No goalie. <laughs> she's, she's got, pulled goalie. <laughs> she's, she's got Goldberg at the beginning of the oh, movie. Uh, <laughs> oh, she's, I need some McDonald's, coach, please. <laughs> the Rockmeister, the Rockman. She got Averman watching her go. <laughs> Spermmeister. Spermmeister. <laughs> Ejaculating. Ejaculating. <laughs> Fertilizing that egg. Making a hockey player. Get, get why you guys are hating on Iceland, girl. But <laughs> Right now in the YouTube video, I'm putting up pictures of her tiny little butt. <laughs> Just want you to know that I'm editing that in. That's fine. Bomb Bay's got a better butt than she does. Nobody, I don't know, I felt like this movie was seriously lacking in plots. Good luck to, like, Blake actually, like, uh, editing this. And I guess we should try to wrap this up. And The Bruins won today, guys. 
The Bruins will make it to the uh, conference finals. We get Avalanche versus Boston. Injuries. Game, Game Changers is a fabulous um, reboot compared to all of the awful, awful reboots out the world. I don't know if you know about the Powerpuff Girls scandal where they were uh, trying to reboot it and make one of the characters, like Bubbles, fresh out of rehab and off a scandal from a sex tape. Like, it is disgusting. And But this show gives the show dignity. It's woke without being broke. It's like, the kids are all different, but it, that's not, like, obsessed. Like, it doesn't have the stereotyping issue of D2 and D3. Or they're just they're people and they're kids who are trying to do their best and learning a sport and learning how to do it well without the power of winning consuming them. Um, and it's just fabulous. Uh, Mighty Ducks won special place in all of our hearts for being just one of the best kids sports movies. D2, blind nationalism. D3, we don't talk about D3. The Ducks are the Ducks. And it was always the best thing in the entire world. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we're closing out the podcast. Um, you can find me at Nimrod Horror on Instagram. And Dolores, you can find her at Dolores. Um, you can find me Dolo. Dolo. <laughs> Oh, you can find her at 30 year old teenagers, teenagers podcast. podcast. How about um, that? That is. Uh, go Ducks. <laughs> yes, Ducks fly together. You're the worst. <laughs> and that's a wrap. <laughs>